Welcome to the Lose Your Cravings podcast, taking a different approach to a seemingly endless problem with your host, Kisa Amaro, Certified Integrative Health Coach. Welcome back, my friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, and I help ambitious women transform their negative body image in and obsession with weight into body confidence so they can show up fully in their life and their career. And hey, if you would like more support in reducing your cravings so that you can maintain a healthy weight for good, then I invite you to schedule a complimentary call with me. On this call, I will share with you the exact blueprint you need to reduce your cravings for good. There is no obligation on the call, but if you would like to continue working with me, I would be happy to show you what that would look like. Now, I only open up a few of these calls each week, so if you would like support in reducing your cravings, then head on over to the show notes, follow my calendar link, and book a call. I'd love to chat with you. Okay, my friends, on to our show for today. And today I'm talking about sugar. You know it. Some of you love it. Some of you hate it. Some of you have a love-hate relationship with it. (laughs) So... I wanted to shed some light on sugar as there is so much information floating out there on the web that we can suffer from information overload and end up confused about whether or not we should be eating or sugar. Now, my aim in this episode is not to sway you one way or the other, but to educate you about sugar so that you can go out and make informed decisions for yourself that serve you best. Um, so there is mm, so much, right? So much out there about sugar. And I'm sure that you all have your own personal experience with sugar. I know that I have my own, right? And many of you have probably tried to stay away from it for some period of time. And some of you were successful and some of you not successful right? So why is sugar so hard to stay away from and why do we crave it, right? There are a few things at play here. So three things that I want to talk about today. And the first one is biological reasons. The second one are emotional reasons. And the third one I call mindset or mental reasons, but basically your mindset around sugar. And I'm going to go through each of these components that attributes to our love for sugar so that you better understand your body and why you act the way you do around sugar. Some of us feel out of control, right? We're like, I don't want to eat the sugar, but then you end up eating all the sugar. So with this knowledge, you can do what you want. You can use it to make informed decisions about whether or not you want to eat sugar or how much sugar you want to eat. And just like a better understanding of your actions around sugar. So let's take a look at the biological reasons why it's so hard to stay away from sugar. First off, as humans, we are designed to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and do what's easiest. This is our motivational triad, and it has kept us alive for thousands of years. We need some sort of motivation to keep us alive. We need to seek pleasure, Um, things like food, shelter, procreation, to keep us alive and reproducing so that there are more humans. (laughs) And this is where our motivational triad comes in. We seek pleasure, um, you know, which even a hundred years ago, sugar was not as easily attainable or available. 
You know, we couldn't just stop at a convenience store and buy a soda and a candy bar whenever we wanted. We just didn't have the access. Our brains were designed to crave sugar, salt, and fat because these were foods that would keep us alive when food was sparse and we had to go hunt and gather it. These cravings were good at that time, right? They kept us alive. They kept us seeking food so that we would stay alive. But now in our current time, current era, it's 2022 as I'm recording this, (laughs) but now we have convenience stores and grocery stores all around us and they are easily available. We don't even have to get out of our cars to get ice cream at a fast food restaurant. We just go through the drive-thru. Even Starbucks, right? Starbucks has drive-thrus. We can get a uh, orange mocha frappuccino, which is full of sugar. You know, we can walk down to the corner store or stop on our way home from work and pick up a Snickers bar and an energy drink. Times have changed, my friends, <laughs> but our motivational triad hasn't. We still seek pleasure even though pleasure is all around us and it is in concentrated forms, right? Now, what do I mean by concentrated forms? So let's compare a raspberry to a Snickers bar. I used to love Snickers bars with my friends, love them. Um, so the raspberry, stick the raspberry is in its natural form. The sugar in the berry comes with fiber and other nutrients that are healthy and helpful to the human body. The fiber helps slow down the absorption of sugar in the bloodstream, stabilizing our blood sugar. So we don't get these blood sugar spikes or like highs and lows, right? Um, Our energy is stabilized. This is a healthy amount of sugar that our body can handle. It's our body was evolved to handle sugar in its natural form, right? Natural form. A Snickers bar, on the other hand, has a concentrated amount of sugar. This means that they took sugar cane, um, extracted the sugar from the stalk and left any fiber, which if you have ever had raw sugar cane, you know that there's a ton of fiber in it. It's like really fibrous. Now the sugar is concentrated. So they, they take out all the sugar, leave the fiber. It's concentrated and added to the cacao and the caramel and the nougat and to make the Snickers bar, right? It is void of fiber. And when we eat the Snickers, the sugar goes directly into our bloodstream, spiking our blood sugar, triggering a release of insulin to take that excess sugar to storage, right? That's how we get those like the blood sugar spikes and then the lows. So when we have this concentrated amount of sugar in our bloodstream. Now, I know this is another topic. I'm not going to go into this, but I just want to, I don't want to explain, just be aware of that. It's not just sugar in the sugar form that we think of like table sugar or like honey that spikes our blood sugar, right? It's any kind of carbohydrate. But that's another another episode. We're just talking about like sugar, like added sugar. Um, so you can see the difference between a Snickers bar and raspberries. You know, our body was designed to consume and digest raspberries, but it hasn't evolved to efficiently digest Snickers bars. It's just too much sugar at once for our body to healthfully digest. 
So when we consume sugar in its raw and unconcentrated form, we get a small head of dopamine. And a dopamine is a feel-good neurotransmitter in our brain. We eat the raspberry and they taste good and we feel good. It's like this little, like tiny little amount of dopamine. Oh, that's good, right? This tells our brain to eat more raspberries, which I would think is a good thing, right? We want to eat more raspberries. Raspberries are good for us. Now, when we eat a Snickers bar, our brain receives a concentrated hit of dopamine. So basically a lot of dopamine all at once. And our brain is like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I need this to stay alive. I need this. I need more of this. I want all of this. That's why we love eating sugar because it feels good in the moment. And our brain thinks that this is going to keep us alive right? It's the dopamine hit tells our brain that we need to eat more Snickers bars and we start to crave them. We see them in the store and we want one. It's our brain wanting that dopamine hit. And with this dopamine hit, we create a habit loop. See Snickers, eat Snickers, reward. Dopamine hit is the reward, right? See Snickers, eat Snickers, dopamine hit. And sometimes these habit loops are associated with our surroundings or our environment. You know, maybe we have a bowl of mini Snickers in the break room at work. So when you walk by them, you have a desire for them. You just see them. You're like, oh, Snickers, so good. So good. You eat one and you get a reward reinforcing that habit. Or maybe it's associated with emotional eating. You feel lonely and eat a Snickers bar and you get a little dopamine hit. Okay. A big one, right? So the next time you feel lonely, you crave a Snickers bar. You eat the Snickers bar, you're, you get a hit of dopamine, and you feel better for the moment, reinforcing that habit. So you can see that there are very strong biological reasons why you crave sugar and why it is so hard to stay away from. It's just these biological reason, reasons, like our body was just designed to crave sugar. So let's look at the emotional reasons why sugar is so hard to stay away from, which I briefly explained, but here we go. Oftentimes we associate food with comfort, especially sugary foods. We may have been taught from an early age that, you know, when we're sad or hurt or down, that sugar will help us feel better. It will take our mind off of what is hurting and we'll feel better. You skinned your knee, have a popsicle to feel better. Mom and dad are fighting. Here, have some ice cream to feel better. You got a shot? Here, have a lollipop for your pain. There are many experiences we have and messages we receive growing up, and even as an adult, that we can fix things with sugar. Sugar will make this feel better, right? So many of my clients come to me and they have this belief that food will make them feel better. And they truly believe that that's the only thing that will make them feel better, that they need this food in order to feel better. And if we have learned this as a youngster, it is harder and harder to break this habit. Not impossible, but this habit is ingrained in our brain and it becomes automatic, right? As children, we aren't necessarily taught how to deal with our emotions. We didn't attend a class called emotional intelligence, right? In grade school or in high school. 
Managing and dealing with our emotions wasn't a top priority in education when I was growing up. And it's most likely wasn't a priority for you either. This is why many of us find ourselves eating emotionally. We feel an uncomfortable emotion that we don't want to feel. We don't know how to process it. So we seek out pleasure to avoid the pain of the emotion. Insert the motivational triad, seek pleasure, avoid pain, do what's easiest. And guess what is easy access? (laughs) Gives us pleasure and makes us forget about the woes for a moment. Sugar, ice cream, cookies, cake, candy, chocolate, pastries, all things sugar. We eat sugary foods and get the concentrated hit of dopamine And our loneliness, stress, frustration, sadness, or inadequacy goes away. Of course, we are going to reach for sugar when we are feeling a negative emotion. Our body is designed to. But know that not all is lost, my friends. It may seem like a hopeless situation. I don't want you to think that you are destined to be an emotional eater for the rest of your life. That's so not true. But understanding the reasons why you eat emotionally and what's going on in your brain and body will help you understand how to hack it, how to work the system and break free from emotional eating. Okay, let's talk about the third reason you have such a hard time not eating sugar. And that is what I call mindset reasons. (laughs) You could call them mental reasons, but basically I'm talking about our thoughts. All those sentences in your head that create your feelings and actions. We have so many thoughts going through our head every single day, up to 60,000 thoughts every single day. And many of these are automatic or unconscious. When a thought has been thought enough times, like over and over again, it is delegated to our lower brain and becomes automatic, right? It's just our brain doing what's easiest. So take the Snickers bar and feeling lonely. You feel lonely. You eat Snickers bar. You feel better. You have a thought in there like Snickers will solve my problem. Snickers makes me feel better, right? You perform this habit so many times over and over and have these same thoughts, that there is a point when those thought, the thought of like, you know, Snickers makes me feel better becomes automatic. And you just think it when you are lonely and crave a Snickers bar, it's automatic. And so you don't even realize you just feel lonely. And then all of a sudden you want a Snickers bar, right? You're like, wait, what's going on? You see, (laughs) sorry. Okay, so it is your thoughts about sugary foods that create your feelings about it, like desire, deprivation, or comfort that drive your action to eat the sugary foods. Now, your thoughts can be influenced by your environment, right? The way you were socialized, your family, your friends, media, and so much more. But you have thoughts about sugary foods, whether you are aware of them or not. And these thoughts create a feeling for you, and that feeling drives your actions. So if you are overeating sugar or just feel out of control around sugar, take a look at your thoughts around these foods that you overeat. Are they creating a feeling and action that serves you or that doesn't serve you? 
If they are creating a feeling and action that doesn't serve you, shift your thoughts to help you create a feeling and action that you want towards sugary foods. Okay, so those are the three components to why it's so hard to stay away from sugar. So number one, we have the biological reasons, the dopamine hit and the habit loop and our motivational triad. Two are those emotional reasons, right? We associate sugar with comfort and emotional eating. And three are mindset reasons, the way we are socialized around sugar. You know, what we believe and think about sugar affects how we feel and the actions we take around those foods. Now, I want you to become aware of how these reasons are playing a role in your desire for sugar or your sugar consumption habits. Do you see the biological reasons, right? Do you see the emotional reasons why you consume sugar or the, your, your habits around sugar? Do you see the mindset reasons? Do you see your thoughts around sugar and how they are creating your feelings and actions? Next, if you, sorry, next, decide if you want to change your habits around sugary foods. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. If you decide that you want to change your habits, what is one thing you can do to change them? Maybe you understand your motivational triad and dopamine and you override them when it comes to sugar consumption. Maybe you start to address your emotional eating and learn about emotional intelligence and managing your emotions. Maybe you become aware of your thoughts around sugary foods and you shift them so that they create a feeling and action that serves you. Okay, my friends, this is all I have for you today on sugar. Um, if you like what you heard on this episode, my friends, head on over to iTunes and leave an honest review. This helps us show up higher on the search results and therefore we can reach and help more people just like you. I'd greatly appreciate it. And definitely join me for my next episode where I share how to be consistent in your nutrition and exercise or any wellness habit that you may be struggling with. Consistency is key. It's amazing. Okay, my friends, until next time, adios.